97X, the future of rock and roll. That was The Cure with Love Cats. Uh, also heard some R.E.M. in there. And uh, another big band, U2, got things kicked off. Uh, don't forget, coming up uh, tonight at 6 o'clock, it's the People's Choice Countdown, a rundown of the top 10 uh, requests for the week. Find out if your favorite made it to the People's Choice Countdown that's Dave. coming up tonight at Dave. 10. Yes? Dave, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah? Damien. You got a request? Uh, you got a request, Damien? No. If the people had a choice, 97X never would have gone off the air. But it did go off the air way back in 2004. So you're just doing that dream thing again. But, you know, you're getting better at it because you didn't conjure up just one person. You conjured up like, like a whole mess of folks who were actually at 97X uh, the day it signed off back in 2004. Well done, Dave. Well, you want to do a roll call of uh, who's here? Let's start with uh, Steve Baker and then we'll kind of go around the horn. Hey, guys. Happy to be here once again. Oh, I'll Jim. jump in there and uh, say hello. Oh, sorry, didn't mean to do that. But yeah, hey, it's Sludge. Shiv, checking in from Austin. Jim Mercer from uh, hanging out from Cincinnati. Go ahead, Brian Jay here, uh, currently in Mexico, but I'm, I'm a Florida man, basically now. Ooh. <laughs> and hi, Barb Abney. I'm in Minneapolis. I just needed to go get some tissues because I'm sure I'm going to need them. <laughs> oh, well, this is Mike introducing himself uh, in, uh, in Austin, Texas. And uh, hello to uh, everyone of my colleagues and uh, everyone listening. You know, when we started this podcast, one of the things we talked about was you know, let, let's talk about some of the, the, the milestone moments of the station and get everyone together. Uh, first of all, it's great because this is a, a, quite a collection of people we have uh, for today's podcast. But kind of lead us up. Uh, I don't know who wants to take the first lead on this question. Kind of lead us up to that, you know, the three months, six months to, you know, by the time the sign-up uh, happened. I mean, was it sudden? You know, Damien and I weren't there at the time. Uh, was there kind of writing on the wall? Did it sneak up? I think we need to start with what happened at the end of January when the sale was announced and how each of us were informed one by one, which, you know, you, you go into a meeting with Doug and Linda and they tell you what's going on and then you have to keep quiet about that news to the rest of the staffers until the rest of the staffers find out. And that was really hard right at the end of uh, January 2004. Yeah, it basically the sale of the radio station happened. Uh, the FCC declared that public stations no longer, you know, they counted as a city of license station. And they didn't for years and years. So basically, 97X was licensed to the city of Oxford as the only station in Oxford. And the second that WMUB became a licensed station to Oxford, then it opened up WOXY to be able to be moved to wherever in the Cincinnati area. And the very next day, Doug and Linda got offers uh, from the station man. for the station. And what are you going to do? I mean, you got offers, I, I, I think, from three different major corporations. And at that point, 
you know, Doug and Linda who are approaching retirement obviously did the right thing. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's when it hit, when the FCC changed the licensing laws for public stations, it was amazing. And, and at that time we saw a lot of stations uh, across the board, all formats, everything else be, being sold. And it was because they no longer had to be specifically within a certain mile area of the city of license. And, you know, uh, from that point on, you know, they informed all of us and it, the countdown was on. It was just a matter of when it was going, who it was going to be, and then when it was going to be uh, finally uh, come to fruition, the 97X was no longer going to be on the air. And you have to imagine that, like, those offers, you know, would have probably continued even if they had declined them initially, but they, they, I, they, they needed to take that when they did because it would have been diminishing returns over time, the value of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they, being involved in the day-to-day operations of a quote-unquote alternative radio station, even at, you know, the age that they were at at that point, um, you know, how much longer were they going to do that? Yeah. I mean, honestly. Yeah, and, and when, you, when you take a look at it, uh, at, at what everything that iHeart, Ben Jacor was doing in purchasing every radio station mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, uh, day-to-day, people-to-people, local radio stations were at a high value. And especially if they could move it to the major market or within the major market and create a 20th radio station for their cluster <coughs> that they yeah. could put on the computer and sit there and say run. Um, you know, and God love Doug and Linda. They sold it to the company that, you know, wasn't able financially to do all of that. And, you know, and still got everything they wanted out of the deal. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's the one thing that I'm still proudest of out of the sale is J-Core never laid a hand on the station. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it was, it was just one of those things that I, I think, you know, it was, it was time to do it as far as Doug and Linda were concerned, like you said, said Shiv, but it, it was just, uh, it, it was a heartbreaking experience, I think, for everybody in the room. You know, I, I did stumble upon one of the um, WOXY, the 97X part two, like folders, which had like our, you know, the business plan and like, well, this is who Mike is and this is who Brian is and this is who Barb is kind of things. I've got that tucked away somewhere, but I swear to God, I never until today knew the backstory about that until this moment. But I wanted to raise my hand and say to Brian Jay, I'm so sorry because every day we would walk in or at least I would walk in, hey, have you thought about talking to Mark Cuban? Hey, Brian, have you heard anything? Listen, Brian, I know that you're busy, but um, is there anything that you can tell me? I won't tell anybody else. <laughs> so I just want to say I'm sorry because that was a really weird time. And it was like, you know, if if you stuck it through, you know, until the end, until May, regardless of what happened, then you know you you would have a a, a nice little uh, severance package, but if you decided to leave, then see ya. You know, was my understanding. I 
cried through most of the conversation with Doug and Linda, so I can't quite remember all of it, but um, that's to be expected. But um, there was just a lot of uncertainty from that day until, you know, we finally said, when did we finally say? There was uncertainty until afterwards. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. For the next, what, four or five years there was uncertainty? Yeah. Oh, well, that... That's another story. Yeah, I mean, oh I mean, Dave and Damien, how many parts do you want to make this podcast? Because this is going to go for a long time. You know, I mean, everybody is 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 dead on the money, and um, you could have a whole podcast on the forty eight hours that happened forty eight seventy two from bake sign off to when Brian called me up and said, "How uh, is it? Can you can you be, can you be at the station tomorrow?" I'm like, "Well." I got nothing else going on, so yeah. Um, that, like I said, that could be a whole other podcast, honestly. So um, yeah, just to, every, everybody else is so on the money here, and it was tough because you know, um, you know, I met with Doug really regularly about stuff, and this was never, never hinted at, and he had a good poker face. But like um, Shitty said, I couldn't blame them for a nanosecond, you know, for what was going on. I always told people for years, whether it's true or not, I said that Doug and Linda took the last best offer. Um, and that may be accurate. That may be not. But um, and, I, and I know about the only time I think I really got in trouble with Doug and Linda is I think when the Inquirer um, did a story or interviewed me for a bit. You know, we worked at a mom and pop radio station, right? And I said I couldn't blame at all because, hey, look, mom and pop became grandma and grandpa, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I mean, with a little bit of a chuckle, you know, but uh, I don't think they ever held that against me. Thank God, <laughs> thank God. Yeah, but uh, you know, I well, guess the thing is, you know, Doug and Linda uh, joined, uh, you know, Bonta Station. What eighty one, eighty two, eighty three is when it yeah, flipped somewhere in there. So they had twenty plus years of sweat equity in it. And the only way to kind of pay off that sweat equity was to sell the station, really, because it day to day it did not make a whole lot of money. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and, and you know, Doug and Linda just you know worked their tails off to try and make it profitable, and you know to be able to hang in there, particularly in the format we were in. I mean, that was incredible, uh, mm -hmm. and, and that's not even a powerful enough word to describe what they did with an alternative commercial radio station in the Cincinnati market. I mean, it's, it's insane. And one thing that Doug always brought up that he was very cognizant of is the fact that he would say that the format had matured, you know, in the, in the fact that what we were doing for so long, um, you know, independent, um, kind of sticking true to our, our morals and our values, most folks that have that type of mentality elsewhere in the country, they've washed out. Yeah. They've moved on. They've moved on. Um, mm -hmm. And so, uh, like I said, I, I could never blame them for a second. The, the irony being after all this time that now uh, these, the brands are coming back, you know, they relaunched 99 X in Atlanta and, you know, yeah. you still have, you know, you still have a handful out there um, still, you know, cause this, uh, classic alternative, I suppose, uh, is is now becoming uh, a format in and of well, itself. Um, it, it, it's amazing to me because I, I don't listen to a lot of radio these days. I mean, nope. I just, I really don't. 
I'll flip on Sirius and listen to 80s on 8. And 90% of what they play is what we played on 97X. It's amazing to me, you know, that we'll hear, I'll hear songs that, that we played that no commercial radio station in a regular format would touch. But suddenly it's it's all the rage to hear, you know, Nirvana and Blink-182 and all of these other bands and, you know, on a regular basis at 7 o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's insane. There's like three or four channels on Sirius XM that kind of play different segments of what we played as a whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. X, First Wave and Lithium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both of those channels are music that pretty much debuted on 97X. I was just going to say, and you think about the sign-off since, Jim, you mentioned Sirius XM. Remember there was a, a, a groundswell of the idea, hey, can you guys oh, go on, on Sirius XM? Right, right. And, and I remember seeing a, um, an email from, like, Lee Abrams, who was the big, big deal at the time there. And I think that um, somebody forwarded to me, basically, it said, we're aware of it. Um, but we would probably just develop our own 97X, our own version of 97X, rather than just plug them on one of our channels, you know, which sounds like a corporate thing to do. <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. <laughs> well, I, I want to take then what, what Mike said. I want to get to what, you know, Brian Jay did in the background, which he did a whole lot of infrastructure to keep it going. Uh, but let's start, let's say the last 48 hours of being on air. Yeah, I want, I want to drag you through that, Barb. I want to see you cry again. <laughs> but, but what, I mean, you know, tell me, you know, I, you know, I don't know how many people called the station. I don't know how many people stopped by. T- tell us the whole story of, of why you guys were there. I mean, I remember hearing Jim sign off the weekend before. So, yeah. so it was, it had pretty, uh, there was, there was pretty amazing. stop people coming through the building all the time oh, as yeah. we just cried. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that, that was, yeah. it was lots of mm-hmm. lots of uh people paying their respects i i know we talked a lot about you know the like the final night and i, I think it was mike that that kind of planned everybody you know saying okay everybody gets the opportunity to play whatever they want oh god i mean their favorite records uh for however long um and everybody got a shift and it was the most incredible radio I think I've ever heard. I we mean, were doing the X2K, weren't we? Yeah. I, I, well, that, was, in the, that yeah. was leading up, not in the last yeah, That, that was leading up to it. But, I mean, for that final night, and, and even on the weekend, Jim, I, I remember, and Dave, you just mentioned it, I remember General, Gentleman Jim signing off. And I, all, of, all of the people that had been a part of the station for so long, uh, to be a part of that was probably the most special thing I've ever done in my life as far as <laughs> broadcasting is concerned. Sorry, my dog is barking. But I, it, it was just incredible stuff to hear not only the people relating to the music uh, as far as our jocks are concerned, but feeling it in their heart. I remember sitting in the lobby with Susan Schreiber and Kathy Lucas, listening to Barb, listening to Mike, listening to Shiv, and it was all you could do not to get choked up every time they opened the mic. I mean, it was just that incredible emotion. I mean, we had already been through the selection of stuff 
off the walls and everything else. Oh, the, the place looked like a, you know, somebody had ransacked the entire building. But it was it was just amazing to witness everybody pouring their heart. I mean, not like we didn't do it on a daily basis, but pouring their heart and soul into what we were doing, even if it was for another six hours, four hours, three hours, two hours, down to the end. It was it was just amazing stuff. So, so Matt, what were you thinking heading into your final break? Well, are you talking about my final break before yeah. the party started? Yes. Well, I was wrap- yeah, I was wrapping up the X2K, so that was my business at hand. I was, you know, more concerned about getting ready to pass it off to Bake, wrap up the X2K, and just business as usual. I mean, sure, I thank the listeners. I also had that chance later during our show to do that but you know this is 19 years ago now and it's i remember everything mm-hmm. it, it, every break that i had that night for the two hours that i was on before our show was tough but you just work through it and uh that's kind of been my metaphor for life tough but get through it mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think i remember almost everybody's break on the final night and then I can I can think of bits and pieces um, uh, from everything that you guys said. But one thing I will point out, point of clarification, guys, it was the '97 A to X. That's right. The, yeah, that's the, right. That's right. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, and I, I, re, I remember, you know, Barb and Chevy being um, incredibly emotional in a good way. Uh, uh, Brian J. I remember the line. We lived a little bit piece of he- slice of heaven, I think, mm-hmm. with uh, with this place, uh, you know. And Dave and Damien, you need to do another podcast on Bake's sign off alone. Oh, um, um, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's it, it's wild to even to to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a great memory. I echo everything that Bake said. Um, uh, my life would be different if I didn't go through it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I, I've said it a thousand times over the course of what is now 40 years. And by the way, I've actually been an employee of Miami longer than I was an employee of 97X this year, uh, which is uh, a tribute to Doug and Linda because that wouldn't happen without Doug and Linda and my experience at 97X. But Mike, I remember you asking me, and I don't remember how long ago it was, uh, how long it took me to write yeah. the, fi- the final sign-off. And I, I, I don't remember what I told you, but yeah, I, I've had the opportunity to write eulogies for some of my family members. And when I write those types of things, I literally sat down at the computer and I wrote the final speech at 97X in probably an hour. I tend to do what I normally do and that's say stuff that just comes to the top of my head and just go with it. And now over the course of a month, did I add, change, subtract? Yes. Um, But, you know, I also had to do two versions because I had to submit one to Doug and Linda for their approval. They didn't have all, they didn't have all the crap in it that I was talking about Doug and Linda on. Um, But, you know, um, it, it was, it was easy to write. I mean, our listeners were so freaking incredible. I mean, we had people sitting in the parking lot. We had people gathered in bars. We had people gathered at homes. 
uh, you know, listening and thank God for the online part. We had people around the world mm -hmm. listening to that sign off. And it was just, it was so easy to write and put together and so many people to thank. And I, I'm, I'm still sure that we missed hundreds of people to thank, but um, it was just one of those things that, you know, you sit down at a computer then, you know, word processor long before that, but, uh, and, and it just kind of flows. And you guys know that. I mean, you, you, you feel the same way I do about every single second that we spend in the building. And I mean, there's just so many people out there to thank and be a part of. And, you know, it's, it's something that I, there's not a person on this call that, you know, their experience, whether it was one year, five years, or in my case, 20 years that didn't change your life. I recorded that, you know, the last probably two hours on a Maxell tape. thing, But I've never gone back and listened to it, but I have it. Uh, and you know what's interesting is I know of five people, and they're not even, you know, former employees, but we're listeners, that when we've had the conversation about the sign-off, that they did the same thing. They recorded it, which is yeah. amazing to me. You know, the, the last day, like... The day, the, the day before the last day, because we had so many people coming in, you know, giving us gifts, bringing us cakes, taking pictures, and I was just, uh, you know, a snot goblin in all these photos. It's like, <laughs> here, here's a picture of Weezy Oh, yeah. Barb. There's some, there's some meme pictures from those last, <laughs> oh, you know, God. from people who were so excited to, to interact like, with us, but like, and, oh, and it was awesome be that they were that they cared so much but at the same time like our lives were somewhat falling the hell apart <laughs> and yeah. um so on that last day after like four o'clock doug and linda closed the office and put up paper on all yeah. the windows because they were walking up to the damn windows trying to yeah. in. and you know if you went out hey if you walked outside for a cigarette and you got like you know um and wrapped by fan, I hate fans, by listeners, then that's on you, which, yeah. you know, I, as the sole smoker, I had to go outside once or twice, and um, that was, whew, but um, it was, Mike was actually in the studio with me when I did my last shift break. Um, I was allowed to go off script. There was a brand new Cure song that dropped that day. And Mike said it, it was like a parting gift. It was the last day of summer, I think. I can't yeah. remember. Mm. And Mike's like, here, you can play this, um, you know, because it's, will you ever have another chance? Luckily, I did. But um, he sat there and he was massaging my shoulders as I did my last break. I think partially in case... I blacked out, <laughs> and he could take the mic, and he's like, you know, you can get weepy, you, you know, later on tonight, you know, this this is not goodbye, this is just, you know, this is just the end of this show, and I'm like, okay, you know, so I got through it, but then, you know, we're all just kind of, it's like a, you know, a staff party for the next few hours as we listen to everybody, and then, you know, if you could ask Susan Schreiber the first sound that she heard after the sign-off. Um, it was me audibly weeping. Um, I think we all were, Barb. I think we all <laughs> I were. I know I was. I was just crying louder. Well, and, you know, because the, the, you know the thing about all of that in the final moments was that for oh. even even those of us who there had been you know talk for months about continuing on as an internet broadcast, you know, in that final 
we you know like at that point we were aware that it wasn't happening so mm-hmm. you know it it felt incredibly final um you know that there were no more chances that uh you know we had this optimism that there was going to be an internet stream and then that didn't happen i actually after after we went off the air and i lived down the street i would walk down to the station a lot so you know i had to f- like wade through the minefield of people who were outside in the parking lot um but like i got i left the next day to drive down to louisville because the uh public radio non-convention was happening and i i left to go find a job you know i like i was just like well this is it um so it was a you know though it was a very trying time um in in the final few days because it seemed like all of the the hopes that were there to try to keep things going you know were were long gone now now is it true that the band middle march showed up about 20 minutes after you signed off and had an exposure tape <laughs> they exposure they tape right <laughs> Um, oh man! You, you guys did a perfect lead-in because uh, I want to bring Brian J up. He's been quiet. Kind of tell us. So, so you had, as Matt said, Shiv, this emotional sign-off. You didn't know what your future is going to do. You didn't know where you're going to go work. Brian was in the background, and, and, and kind of Brian walk us in from the sign-off to sign back on. I guess. Well, we should go back even a little further than that. So. Somebody refresh my memory. When was the day that we found out that we had the meetings with Doug and Linda? January twenty fourth, I think. Yeah, it was the end okay, of January. So, so there was like so there was like five months, and so after that meeting, I had a meeting with Doug and Linda out at their house. They called me in and they 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 asked me. They had this idea, um, and they said, "Hey, what if we take this online only?" Because at this at that point that you know the dis, that decision was not made, and they they said we can exclude the the brand and the content and the programming and and all of that from the sale because the people buying the station didn't really want that they just wanted the the building and the uh, you know license. And they said, do you want? We will we will push forward with this if you want to do this. They, they asked me, they were like, do you want to do this? If, if not, then we'll just let it pass. And if, if you do want to do it, then let's, let's do it. And so and I, I, of course, said yes. And at the time, given the, you know, where internet broadcasting was at that point, you know, anymore, it's not such a big thing. But back then, it, right. was, it was very promising. There was like, there was a lot of future for it. And so I said yes, and we hit the ground running, and we talked to a million people. Um, tons and tons and tons of people. I mean, I think we had somebody who kind of, who had an inside line at Apple. Um, obviously, you know, we tried for satellite radio. We we talked to tons of people, and then you know the day came, and there was nothing there. And, and uh, but there was this side conversation. It actually started in the parking lot at the station. We were approached in the parking lot at the station. Uh, about an investor who was who was really interested in what we were doing, and and it moved pretty quickly after that, and and then we were back in business. I don't I don't remember how many days after the sign off. I mean, I feel like it was less than a week. It was like it was two or three. Days. It was less than a week because you texted me and you were like, you didn't <clears throat> take a job in Louisville, did you? <laughs> no, I was like, I mean, not yet. You called yeah. me and you said, Barbie, are you sitting down? 
And I'm like, yeah. no. And you're like, sit down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you would call me and basically it's like, um, can you be at the station tomorrow? It's I, I don't remember any that. of those calls because <laughs> it was literally that whole period was a was a blur. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it, it worked out and, and it was, a, you know, a great, you know, great partner for us. You know, re relocating like the actual mechanics of it all. Well, I guess that was like yeah. Cincinnati, but um I, I will say one thing that I wanted to throw in from earlier, which is that I don't know if anybody remembers, but I had a video camera that last day. Yeah. And I was I, in the studio with, with I do remember that. for that final break. That tape exists somewhere. I don't know where it is and I've never watched it. Uh, uh, I mean I've I, never I've never re listened to that. I ever. Oh I have. I've never I have. Yeah. All Many right. times. Yeah, I, I have I have heard it a few times, and I got I I got to give Brian J a real shout out because you know in those last I don't I don't know how long you worked prior to the end of the terrestrial station, but he was my go to guy. I mean, anytime I needed help doing something because I worked at Miami and ninety seven X from two thousand one to two thousand four, and so. If a CD player would break, Brian, can you do this? Can you do this, Brian? Can you do this, Brian? And uh, he, he was amazing. And for me to visit the studios at Longworth after everything had taken place there was just incredible because he did everything there that I really wanted to do at 97X. We just didn't have the space. I mean, with the studio for the in-house in concerts and performances and everything that went there to build everything out digitally uh, was just amazing. And for all of the mm -hmm. things that you continue to do with WOXY.com, and you deserve a great round of applause for keeping the brand, keeping everything about it. Mike, Barb, Shiv, all of you deserve such a great round of applause for keeping everything alive the way it was. When you were uh, first invited to Doug and Linda's house to have that conversation, did you think you were going to dog sit? <laughs> uh, the, the dogs, the dogs were there. Yeah, no, I, just wondering. I was, yeah, I walked in and I saw the dogs, and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, no, my future's in dog sitting." <laughs> yeah. Okay, two things. Um, Bake, you did amazing work. Like that, that final, the words you said. Like I can still hear so much of it, and. And, of course, it makes me cry every time I hear a little bit of it. People, you know, talk about that final set all the time, the final send-off. Um, but I remember so many times, like, shit in the studio would break. In the middle of the day, Bake is, like, under the board. I'm straddling him standing up trying to do a break. And he's, like, soldering something together. And if something doesn't get done immediately, we're going off the air kind of shit. So yeah. you were you did some amazing work behind the scenes yourself, sir. Well, and thank you. <laughs> Brian yep. Jay, for your patience over the years with me, because I was such a Luddite when we first went online. And I remember the first time that I closed, I hit X on the window and it, you know, the window went away. And I'm like, shit, Brian, I've broken the internet. Help. I don't know what I've done. And he's like, Barb, you did this. No, I didn't do that. Well, yes, you did yeah, do this. You did. So thank you. Um, God, I'm, I miss you guys so much. And I love you so yeah. much. It's so good to see you. This is great. Yeah, I, one, of, one of my favorite things to do, and 
I did it to Julie and to Barb as well. You know, we were using consumer grade CD players all the time. Oh yeah. I mean, everything oh, yeah. was consumer CD <laughs> until until we ran a, across the Akai CD players that actually held up. But you know, being the guy that had to go in every other week or every other month and install a new CD player, I had all the remotes. Yeah, you did. And <laughs> <laughs> so Barb was doing middays, and you guys know the window outside the station there, or outside the studio. She would pop in a CD, have it all ready to go, be planning her next break. I'd hit the eject button on the CD player. Uh, and she could not figure out how the damn CD was ejecting out of the player. I would change the track number or whatever. <laughs> and uh, that, that was just my personal practical joke with Barb, among many. But, oh, yeah, you Ricky know, Martin. Yeah, well, you know, hey, you know. I, I would love to know, I mean, I'm, sh I'm sure we don't have hard stats, but how many CD players uh, oh my we, gosh. we went through? I, I remember, and this is a long, long way from the sign-off, guys, and I sorry, I'm sorry about taking you back, but the one of the first sales guys that was at 97X when I started back in the 80s was Jim Roth, and he got a trade for somebody for a CD player. And I'm like, come on, dude, this is never going to fly anyway so but oh, oh we had to try it so we had it it was in the studio for one day <laughs> one day we had like we only had like five cds that we could play off the damn thing anyway but it was in the studio for one day before it blew up and i would i would venture to guess we went through probably 25 30 cd players as a matter of fact i still have the tascam cd players that <laughs> wouldn't play anything but a manufactured CD. Oh, I mean, because because yeah. we were playing CD, we were playing liners off CDs when we signed off. Yeah, yeah. And these things would not play any CD that we produced in the studio. And it was really picky about the manufactured CD player. Wow. I, I do want to take a quick step back and say, so so Sledge, you mentioned like late January was when Doug and Linda told the staffers, hey, the station is going to be sold. A, a few months before the station, actually, the transaction happened and the sign-off. When did it become public? When did the listeners of 97X find out that the station was being sold and going away? Well, I think it was right after everybody yeah. was told oh, okay. that then it became knowledge they went public with it. I, I can't remember exactly when, but it was shortly right after everybody was told, definitely. Well, the, the, certainly the sale was announced, but nobody actually knew what the sign-off day was going to be until all the Yeah, we, ha we had yeah. to wait for you know, the FCC, right, for the, the sale to go through. Yep. Because I do I, remember that being kind of nebulous, that we, we were just like, well, at a certain point, we, we may not have that much notice for the actual final day. I remember I remember when the, the news got out, it was like during the afternoon, oh, God. You know, whatever day it was. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning, Bake, you were doing something with Miami. So I was covering your morning show. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's when I basically had to concoct the story to read as part of the newscast. That, oh, yes, we've had uh, the economy is tanking and there's riots in the streets. And oh, by the way, this radio, this radio station has, you know, you know, you know, you know, going to be sold. And that was 
that was when I really teared up about it. That was my, that was the one time that was my real struggle with it. And, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was tough because I read that, had to read that story with every news break, mm-hmm. every hour, every hour that morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and, so I'd like to, to end this oh. on something on a positive note. And I want to, you know, some Mike's talking about the sign off, something that he really got off the ground that I'm excited to say that we're going to be doing the modern rock 500 again. So we're going to be celebrating those 40 years. So yeah. even the sign off of WXY.com, everything like that doesn't matter because we're still around and we're still going to do it one more time. And everyone here in this, this get together is going to be on it. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit more about it? Well, you know, when you and I had met, uh, you know, last year, Dave and I met up for a couple of beers, uh, you know, in the, uh, shadow of the uh, steel mills in Middletown, I think it was. Um, but um, you were telling me that uh, you were thinking about bringing the podcast out and you and Damien going to you know, kind of fit fellas run it, run its course. And, you know, and I thought it was always really cool. And I enjoyed listening. I probably listen to every episode like most of you, many, many of you have. Um, and I thought it, it would be, it's like, well, you know what? We were really known about the music. So is there any way, to maybe do one final look back, you know, this is the fortieth. This is the fortieth year since the sign-on. Tie it all together, you know. This book that's coming out um, about the station, um, and I don't think that this is, as I even put, um, this is a very thinly veiled, very thinly veiled love letter to to Doug and Linda. Yeah. That's what it's all. That's what it's all about, and to our listeners, and to really and truly commemorate. Uh, the special place that we worked and the special experiences we all had to have. That's that's, mm-hmm. that's it. That's it. Well, well I, I think everyone here had a wonderful time recording the year breaks and reliving it. I mean, did everyone have fun? Oh, uh, I, I, oh my God. God. <laughs> I love hearing everybody's voice. There's so many voices that I have not heard in so yeah. many years. And yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. And, and, Can I uh, ask a question? Sure. Yes. Carrie yeah. Valamessi, Carrie Campbell. Yes, the Carrie. Yeah. She got married. Thing. Yeah, she got married. Okay, I I didn't track that along the way oh, no. somewhere. I was like, I didn't see that. Thanks, Barb. She was in the witness protection program. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah, great, great. Who <laughs> has Rave Till Dawn? Who has yeah. the original Rave Till Dawn with a pop? Bitch, you on know it? I have it. You have it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if you would have it or if I have I... so much shit when. When that everything <laughs> happened at the end with Future Sounds, I was like, "Fuck you! You're not having this." Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, I have Dave Tellman's entire filing cabinet. Yeah, thank you. Um, so there's, I mean, when Robin was writing her book about the station, she flew out here okay. and spent time in my archives. You know, she, I was just like, "Have at it!" There's so much paperwork. You know, all of these station playlists and. Uh, staff communications and the old newsletters and all of that stuff like i have all of it so we're going to be able to chance to celebrate this uh memorial day weekend on inhaler radio inhaler.com um real quick one more thing mike i'm going to pull you back out how did we come up with the final modern rock 500 list well well it's the same it, it's the same way that we've always done it you know we basically take sealed bids from the record labels and um <laughs> and uh, and um and oh, wait a go. second i never saw any of that who got the sealed bids that's that's what i want to know sounds I like can, shiv 
I guess I really messed up when I did it because I didn't get any. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to talk for Damien, but I think uh, he and I, after doing this podcast, we just love visiting with everyone, and I, I can't think of a, a better group uh, to wrap up the station when it was on air than you guys. It, it was it was such an amazing experience, and that I mean, even the the twenty years was you know is forever in my heart. But those last six hours uh, are something that I I replay in my mind all the time, <laughs> and and tell people about in that it was people that really cared about what they did, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, in these days when people just don't even want to work. I worked with some of the most amazing people on the planet because not only did they love what they do, they cared about the people that they helped. And we helped people. I mean, we helped people get through and and loved. I mean, things like the Modern Rock 500 this year, 40 years later, don't happen without people that are still in love with what we did on 97X and talk mm-hmm. about it every day with their friends and that to me that is what's amazing about what happened at 97x and thank you for more than 20 years of modern rock it's because of you that the 97x staff has been able to come to this small brown building on college corner pike in oxford every day for more than two decades not to work but to be a part of something so special that no matter where we go or what we do after tonight we'll never forget it and never be a part of anything that could possibly equal what we've experienced through 97X. So with that, we have to say goodbye. Goodbye to the many friends, employees, and family members that we've met throughout the years. Goodbye to the most amazing fans and listeners that any radio station could ever have. And finally, goodbye to the future of rock and roll. 97X, the future of rock and roll. 97X. Bam! The future of rock and roll. 97X. Bam! The future of rock and roll. 97X. Bam! The future of rock and roll. Ray, Ray, Ray. Enough already. 97X. Bam! The future of rock and roll.